welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast from St Nicholas Beclue Parish Church. This Sunday Service Podcast is based on the service for the fifth Sunday of Lent. Through this podcast, it's our hope that you will find hope, strength and encouragement in your life. Let us pray. Most merciful God, by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you created humanity anew. Grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading is taken from the Gospel according to St. John, reading in chapter 12, the first eight verses. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. International Women's Day is marked each year near the beginning of March. On that day, I saw a post on social media which read, Can't wait for International Women's Day to be over. Then we can get on with International Men's Year. It was a joke, of course, but it was making a point. There's something wrong with the world if the achievements and aspirations of over half of the global population are highlighted for just one day. It tells us something about the pervasive nature of gender inequality. Of all inequalities, it's the most insidious, for even women sometimes defend it. International Women's Day is about challenging gender inequality. It's about challenging us all, women and men alike, to think differently, to look at what we are conditioned to accept as the norm and to ask, is it right that that's how things are? Let's apply that to our Gospel reading. Normally, this is read as a story about Jesus, some other men and a woman. How might it look, though, if we put Mary at the centre of it? Or rather, how might it look if we took off our culturally conditioned spectacles and saw the truth, that Mary is the central character in this story, because she is the one who acts while the men argue over her actions? Elsewhere in the Gospel, we learn that Mary is, for her time and culture, unusual. She may have earned the rebuke of her sister Martha for not busying herself with preparing food, but she chose on a previous occasion 
to sit with the men around Jesus in conversation. In defending her choice, Jesus struck a blow for gender equality. She has done the better thing, he said. Mary is different. A woman who has liberated herself to some degree from the shackles of cultural expectation of the role of women. So in her, we have a living embodiment of one of the values of the kingdom of God, which Jesus came to inaugurate. In her, we see that the kingdom stands for equality of all, that no one because of their gender or because of any of the other ways in which we divide people from one another is to be treated as any lesser than any other. The kingdom of God is about overturning the order of the world which is enthralled by sin. Inequality is a sin that Jesus challenges. Now, on this occasion, we hear of Mary doing something even more extraordinary. She anoints the anointed one. That's what the Hebrew word Messiah and its Greek translation Christ mean, the anointed one. Anointing is about power. For centuries, anointing was used by powerful men, popes, to confer power on other powerful men, kings and emperors. It is a ritual which is incorporated into British coronation ceremonies when an archbishop will anoint the monarch's head with oil. But here we read of a woman, a lay, working-class woman, anointing the Son of God. It is not just about preparation for death and burial. It's about recognising who Jesus was, something that Mary did, and which many others took much longer to see. And it is about giving power. That's a challenging thought. How can a powerless person give power to another? If Mary teaches us anything, it is that she was not powerless. Though she was a woman in a society which tried to strip women of power, it could not achieve that. Everybody, by virtue of the dignity of being human, has power. Nobody is entirely powerless, no matter how hard others try to take that power away. She chose to give her power to Jesus, to join her life to his in this act of self-giving love. And she did it in a way that broke a series of taboos. In that culture, women did not touch men to whom they were not related or married. In that culture, women's loose hair was thought of as being sensual. These were taboos that Mary, this liberated woman, did not care about. She cared about Jesus. And it's clear that Jesus cared about her. He did not flinch from her. He was not offended by her touch. This was a moment of great intimacy, an intimacy beyond the intimacy of the mind. There is a physical intimacy too. And this reminds us of something. Bodies matter in the kingdom of God. Jesus' life is about incarnation, about God becoming physically and bodily human. We serve God by serving one another's embodied selves, by sharing food and warmth and shelter, by providing clothes. 
We do not simply serve God with our minds by our words. Faith is not just about belief and understanding. It's about bodily care too. Mary broke another taboo as well, one which is just as pervasive now as then. It was Judas who was most shocked. He saw her action as wasteful, though his motives weren't exactly pure. This perfumed oil represented a year's wages, but Mary didn't care. She embodied a different relationship with wealth. To her, it was not something to be preserved. It was not an end in itself. That she anointed Jesus' feet is important. She put her wealth in its place at Jesus' feet. Too many people are ruled by their wealth, are consumed by the concerns it brings. Is there enough? Is it invested well? Is it working hard enough? Is it safe? How can I protect it? Mary showed that wealth is to be stepped on. Life is more than counting pennies. Mary's action challenges that well-worn cliché that time is money. No, it's not. Time is life. And if we equate it to money, we lose sight of the great gift that the life God gives us is. When we read this story with Jesus at its centre, we read it as a story about his impending death. When we read it as a story with Mary at its centre, we read it as a story of life, about the life God wills and intends for all people. In Mary, we see liberation. The things that bind people, that oppress them, are sinful. And Mary shows a life freed from that sin. In Mary, we see that in God's kingdom, each person has dignity. That in all ways, because God loves us equally, we are called to treat one another equally as an expression of our faith. And in Mary, we see expressed the truth we saw when Jesus provided wine at Cana in Galilee, and that we see as he pours out his life for us on the cross, that the kingdom of God is characterised by abundance, extraordinary generosity, abundant life for all. Amen.
That was the hymn, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord, the Holy One is Here. Let us pray. God our Provider, out of your fullness you cause life to spring up in barren landscapes. You have power to control troubled waters, making a path of safety. You hear our cries and receive our tears. You restore us to joy and laughter. You have done great things for us, O God, and are continually making all things new. We thank you, O God. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, whose life and ministry has guided us through this Lenten season and guides us in every season of life. In his suffering and death, he knows full well the troubles and pains we face in this earthly life. In his resurrection is the hope of our own. Surrounded by your overflowing love, we are not alone. With thanksgiving we celebrate your care and the gift of newness in our lives. For recovery from illness or injury. For calm after a time of unrest or turmoil. For a sense of direction after uncertainty. For new life. For new opportunities. We thank you, O God. We pray for people who wait in difficult places, for those who are suffering and those at life's end, for people struggling with employment and financial worries, for those estranged from loved ones, for those trapped in the grip of addiction, for people enduring emotional or spiritual turmoil. Because you are able to make a way in every wilderness, we thank you, O God. We pray for the needs of the world. May peace invade places of war and justice crowd out oppression and cruelty. Protect soldiers and citizens alike from harm's way and make all conflict cease. Bless leaders of communities, states and nations that they may speak the truth and work with others for the common good. Pour out healing on the earth itself, depleted and injured by our careless consumption and intentional greed. Comfort those devastated by natural disasters. Strengthen those supplying shelter, food and aid. Amid the chaos of this world, your spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. We thank you, O God, for you are making all things new. We pray for the Church, the body of Christ in the world, that we may proclaim your word boldly. Lead us by the power of your spirit to witness to your truth, for we remember and proclaim that death does not have the last word in our lives, in the church or in the world. We thank you, O God, for you are making all things new. 
We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, who taught us to pray with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory for ever. Amen. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you, and remain with you always. Amen.